Welcome back to 77 Minutes in Heaven, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Tim Cato. Uh, today I'm joined by uh, the, the full cast, uh, Mo Dacuil and Dave Dufour. How are you guys? Doing well, man. Doing well. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Present. Here. I'm here. Where is here? Well, I'm in San Antonio. I feel like we don't, we don't. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't do the uh, the location check. I got to be careful is, though, because I, I don't want Mavs fans to think that I'm like some kind of like Spurs homer. I, I need to just be very like upfront. I've lived here for like a year and a half. I'm gonna move this summer, so like I'm not Mister Spurs. Just you know, <laughs> I, I I catch that a lot. You know, where where I say something about the Rockets and people are like, "Well, of course he's a Spurs homer." Well. <laughs> I don't get that from Rockets fans. They they tend to know where I stand. So, uh, <laughs> you know that that you That's think fair. James Harden is a system player, right? You you said that I didn't say that, and you Goodness. said the second pod you said that y'all, y'all that was Dave Do Four D U F O U R, not Dave Do Three, not Dave Do Five, Dave Do Four. <laughs> well, I'm 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 pretty sure that that Mavs fans on this podcast are really just listening to Tim Cato and his two co-hosts. Yes, which, yeah, that's exactly uh, what it is. Oof. That's 100 percent what so, it is. Well, I am recording this from Dallas, Texas. I uh, got back from Oklahoma City this morning. I wasn't actually planning to go to that game. Uh, I'm doing a lot of uh, road trips where I skip one on the, on the beginning or the end just to cut down travel a little bit. Uh, but but then when when the news broke uh, about Kobe Bryant on on Sunday, it, it became very very clear I needed to I needed to drive up. Uh, so so obviously it's a slightly slightly somber week. Um, but but I do think that we're starting to get into the the days and times where we can you know really celebrate and laugh about some of of Kobe's best basketball moments and you know just talk about his his impact and what he means. You know it's still a little surreal. It still seems a a little shocking to me. It's just like every once in a while, I I, I do still have the thought. I was like, wait, but like not actually, right? But but, but yeah, it is, and and that's 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 a crazy thing. And it was uh, it was a little surreal talking to Mavericks employees and and players about it last night. But we did, and and they they did play that game. There there was tributes in Oklahoma City. There will be tributes tonight at the American Airlines Center, the first home game since since the news passed. Obviously, it just happened a couple days ago. What uh? So what what did what did you guys make of the Oklahoma City game? As as if if you saw some you know as as you guys saw that and uh you know there there was there was a lot out there. Um, I thought Luca, in particular, really looked affected that first quarter, and uh, Carlisle said as much in in the post game and uh, Carlisle said as much in the in the post game interview. But but you know I think Luca as 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 the game went on he he kind of dialed in and and I'm glad he did because I know. His his closeness to Kobe, especially as someone he met, you know, even a month ago, was taking photos with uh, with his daughter Gigi. That's that's uh, I, I can t- I fully understand how much it affected him. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of the tough thing. I mean, it was their last game at Staples. You know, Kobe's there, Gigi's there. He's uh, Kobe's talking to him. <laughs> Slovenian, like it's it's you know, and 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 they're having a conversation, and then he's having a picture you know he's finding out that you know Luca and Trey Young were Gigi's favorite players you know so you know he's posing for a picture with her and 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 all that stuff so I mean it's it's it listen it's a tough blow across the league but I can understand where you know like I saw it on Luca's face at the start of that game and and you know and I and I understood it more than 
you know, like everybody feeling it, but like you kind of feel his pain through that. And and you're right. I mean, he he was completely upset throughout that first quarter. Uh, I mean, I think that around the league, like every every game has just started out with this weird pall over it, and and, and this game was no different. Uh, Chris Paul sat out the game for personal reasons, obviously, like he was close with Kobe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a weird couple of days, and, and I, I'm not shocked that that both teams looked kind of off to start the game. Um, Dallas, I mean, they controlled the game, the, basically the entire game. I think it's good when you can, you know, even under the circumstances, when you can get a win against a team that, you know, is a playoff team. Like Oklahoma City is going to make the playoffs. That's a good win. Obviously, extenuating circumstances, it's hard to feel really good about it. But but still, in in the grand scheme of things of the regular season, that's a good win. I think it's going to take these guys a couple weeks to kind of get their feet back under them. It feels like that even, you know, for, for me, I mean, I, I feel like the job isn't going to feel normal again for, for a couple weeks at, at least um, as, as, as we all kind of process through Kobe stories and, and, you know, thoughts about, about his, his time, you know, facing his conflicts with the Mavericks. I think that's something we might get into uh, on another pod, uh, but we'll, we'll save that. Uh, because because I might I might be writing on uh, about that, um, but but it it clearly just it, it impacted you know everybody in the locker room was impacted. Courtney Lee you know uh, you know um, into the bench, but you know he he was he was playing in his rookie season in against Kobe in the finals, and you know when he was in in Orlando and uh, JJ Barea, uh, Kobe was his favorite player. You know it was it was uh, you know I, Clearly, throughout the locker room, it was affected. Even even Kristaps Porzingis, which is uh, someone I I asked him about, just growing up and in, in just the the global impact that that Kobe had as a superstar, as as someone who you know was uh, you know just universally you know resonated with um, with uh, you know basketball fans everywhere, and, and obviously Kristaps was that, and. Uh, you know, I asked him if, if if he was a guy growing up, he would he would shoot things at a trash can and shout, you know, Kobe. And 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 he was like, of course, of course we did. Of course we all did that. And and you know, he 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 even said that you know he would, you know, he's a he's a gamer. You know, he plays uh, or at least played Call of Duty back back in the day. And you know, he he toss a grenade and <laughs> and shout Kobe uh, because because you know that's what you do when you when you throw any object at anything. You you know you kind of you kind of shout. Uh, shout Kobe. I mean, I know you guys all did that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's hard because we've we've kind of lost an ambassador to the game. You know, it's it's a guy who not just loved the NBA, loved the WNBA, loved to share. You know what he what he knew and 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 his knowledge. Like it was definitely something you could probably have seen in the future of. Luca working out with with Brian in a gym somewhere, you know, but now it's just kind of like information lost, you know, and and we just kind of felt like we we're just getting a new Kobe and we're turning the corner on his his NBA career and and, and now beginning to see what it's going to look like post retirement. Obviously being a great father and and being around his his kids and, and and coaching his his daughter, but you know, we we're also getting to see him kind of hit up guys left and right, you know, uh, across from the pros all the way to like high school kids, you know, there's, uh, Sharif O'Neal with Instagram 
messages from Kobe, you know, as, as recent as, you know, the, the few days before the, the, the crash, if, if not the day of, I think maybe, uh, but just Kobe checking on him. I mean, it's, 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 that's the kind of thing I feel like we've really lost. And that's why it hurts. Cause it would be really cool to see, you know, uh, shots of, of Kobe trying to teach Luca some moves in the post or something like that, or, or, or whatnot. And, and it's just kind of, that's what kind of makes it so tough. It's like that. And it just happened so sudden it, it's, it's, it's tough across the league and it's, it's going to take everybody some time and everybody's going to grieve their own way and, and do it however they have to do it. But it's just going to be painful. He was, he was mutually universally, totally without any hesitation, respected among every NBA player. They all wanted to be him. Courtney Lee was, was, was telling me how, he couldn't believe that the same Kobe he grew up watching was was someone he, you know, you know, eventually just started chatting with, you know, during pregame shooting sessions or, you know, just seeing each other at, at various NBA functions, you know, you know, thing, things like that. You know, that that was that was always surreal to him. Uh, Porzingis, you know, even though they, you know, won seven three and one six five, you know, he he would watch uh, films and videos that his brother cut up for him about uh you know Kobe's moves and and what Kobe would do and and he would try to play like him which i i think does reflect in his game for sure and and there's probably a longer conversation we can have about that i i do think the cool thing about Porzingis is that that he has um you know i i could tell that he you know he he kind of thought about what he wanted to say about about him i i think we do have some audio that we we can play of of Porzingis after the game talking about what he meant how he how he transcended over to uh Latvia and 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 you know half a world away and and Kobe was was important as important as he was so here's that KP I know I grew up you know yelling Kobe while shooting a basketball or throwing something at a trash can uh how did his appeal even you know cross over because he was a global superstar even in Latvia growing up you know how did his appeal and superstardom you know stretch across the ocean yeah no I mean all over the world uh my first memories of like the NBA was me getting up early in the morning uh, to watch the, the Lakers play uh, in the finals, and you know Kobe and Powell, and those, that was my team. That was uh, so my brother would always put together um, highlight um, tapes of, of Kobe doing stuff and and me imagining, visualizing how I could be doing the same stuff. Although I was you know a different type of player, and, but. But I just, I just, you know, you you want to be like him. You want to do the things he was able to do, to do on the basketball court, and it's just, it's, you know, it's we have to. Be, I mean, his legacy will live forever. You know, he's that type of person, that type of um, um, he 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 left that type of uh, impact, you know, on, on other people's lives, and and you know, he, he's a legend. He's a legend. But yeah, just the, the, I think the respect that everybody has for for him is is the thing that stands out. Uh, one other thing that that's kind of tra- tangentially related, um, I found out on Sunday I, because I'd, I'd flown back. I was I was I was done with the road trip. Uh, I was supposed to just watch Oklahoma City, the, the Oklahoma City game. I was supposed to watch it from my couch, and I would have gone to the the back to back on Tuesday. But um, I was I was actually playing a game of FIFA with my roommate and. My phone started buzzing, and it was Luca's um, text alerts to my to my. He was tweeting, and I was getting text alerts about what Luca was saying, and that prompted me. You know, I, I think his first tweet was, 
this like this can't be real or something like that and that's that i think was the other very strange thing that we all went through sunday is the open uh process of grieving process that is just so visible and and because of twitter because of the internet because details came out you know in in a in a slow process and uh very unfortunately were not confirmed correctly and and were misreported in in some instances and it's it's a very surreal thing to watch people react to something live but at the same time i couldn't log off of twitter i could not stop refreshing and scrolling and scrolling down and 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 i i've talked to people on the mavericks who felt the same way whether it's just having somebody somebody's thoughts in your head so that you know you're not you know just just wanting to fill that void with something to to be thinking about something to be to be processing this you know in in a communal way with everybody else you know i i think that is is part of this dynamic and part of why why we're so drawn to you know online community mm-hmm. uh, when 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 these when these things happen when these tragedies uh strike uh and and you know i thought that was really interesting and and especially with this team being too young the the two players i ended up seeing t- really tweeting about it was jalen and luca you know the two youngest players on the team yeah. and and Porzingis has has tweeted about it too and so you know it's it's a it's a new reality of of the world we live in and I'm, by no means am i saying it's right or wrong or anything i'm not i'm not casting judgment on it I, i'm just i'm just uh you know sharing how unique and different that was that process was to see in the moment people saying this is what you know this is what i'm feeling and i i you know i can't believe it and and just going through uh processes and and just one after another i thought that was uh it it made it that much more emotional um but also you know maybe therapeutic i think as well one of the when we talk about the the league being you know a global league you know basketball now you know being a global game and and the Mavericks being a very international heavy team uh there is no bigger international player in basketball than Kobe Bryant i mean kobe is mentioned right along with messi ronaldo i mean that is he's a single name around the world and when you think about the Mavericks with Dirk Nowitzki being, you know, uh, I, I lived in Europe for four years and lived in Germany, and that's everybody's favorite team is the Dallas Mavericks. And Kobe was such a foil for that team, but he's so well respected by the people, you know, who hated to play against him. I, I like this, this, the news of, of him, you know, passing away was, I mean, just massive around the world. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, pictures from the Philippines. With the mural on the, on the basketball court, which is you know fantastic, and then you know there's pictures of uh, of a garbage can, like like you mentioned, yelling Kobe, uh, in in Serbia, where they said don't let that tradition die. Uh, I mean, this guy's impact on the world is palpable. Oh, I was just gonna say, and and so for a team, you know, filled with so many international players, like I, I feel like. The, it could affect this team in a way that's completely different than than it would any other from from that regard. Yeah, and I think, you know, to, to piggyback off Dave's kind of like Kobe being worldwide, I mean, it, it was across sports. We had Neymar giving tributes. We had uh, Djokovic, you know, winning the winning his match in the Australian Open and, and, and paying tribute. I mean, 
you, you just kind of across the board, like that's his reach. And I think that's kind of the, the thing about Kobe. I mean, God, how many languages did he speak? I didn't even know you could hold that many languages in your head, but it was like Italian, Spanish. We just learned Slovenian. I mean, did he speak Mandarin? I mean, he probably did uh, to some degree, you know, on top of English and all this stuff. So, you know, it's just kind of who he is. I think the uh, I'm going to give a shout out to Kelly Eco from my partner for Brody and the Beard. I know it's a Houston Rockets podcast, so it might be a rivalry thing. But, you know, he had said he had a conversation with Dennis Scott and he said, you know, the most important thing right now is let's just remember his life and not not focus on on his passing. And, you know, there's just so many fun things about Kobe on the court um, that we could kind of just look at, like the stuff he's done on the basketball court and and marvel at and, and, and have fun with. So I think that's kind of I think it's really cool. Mark Cuban coming out right away saying nobody's going to wear number 24 again for the Mavs. Uh, I, Spencer Dinwiddie's changing his number, uh, from eight to 26. I think a lot of players are going to follow suit there. Uh, so, you know, it, it, it's going to be interesting, but I wouldn't be surprised if we, you know, if every team ends up kind of following the Mavs lead and, 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 and retires his number. Yeah. That, that we ended up, you know, kind of talking about the Mavericks tie ties in kind of not, but, but it, it felt, felt right. You guys ready to talk a, a little on court stuff? While we uh, while we have some time here, absolutely, man. Let's get to the games. <laughs> well, uh, I, I think the the number one thing I, w- I was going to talk about was Willie Cauley Stein, who did not actually even suit up for the game. He was in attendance. He was in uniform. I think that if the Mavericks had struggled, if they had gone down ten or fifteen points, that Carlisle would have thrown him in there. But under better circumstances, he he was going to save his debut for Tuesday or or you know maybe even Friday against Houston. Um, but, but they did trade for Kali Stein that, that news is out there. I'm sure everybody on the podcast has heard, you know, they got him for essentially nothing, which on one hand you, you have to commend the trade. Uh, you know, they, they didn't, they gave up a pick that I believe is currently the 56th in this year's coming draft or something like that. Late, you know, late fifties. Uh, so again, nothing, you know, just, just, you know, they, they did have to clear a roster spot by trading away Isaiah Roby, who is a decently uh you know was a decent second round prospect but was underwhelming the season even in the g league and so i i don't think that you know if if he has any chance to pan out it's it's years away he's a he's a absolutely a project right now uh so so in all in in the grand scheme of things they gave up nothing now my concern is why would a why would a team like golden state give up a player for nothing who potentially they could keep around he does have a player option um i, I don't know whether he was on track to you know, pick that up, but, 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 you know, if you keep a player around like that and, and, you know, the idea for the Warriors is that they will be competing next year. If they saw value in him, I don't think they give him away. <laughs> I don't think know, they did without really. <laughs> I mean, did you watch him so, play in Golden State? <laughs> exactly. So, so like, I guess my point is like as, as much as Mavericks fans will see the upside. And I think there is a little bit, and we'll talk about that. Like just remember that the Warriors gave him up for nothing they give him up for nothing. A very good, competent organization said, ah, "We we don't want you. You can you can go over to you can go over the Mavericks." To be fair, uh, the Warriors are hard capped. Um, they needed to clear the space because I believe that they'd like to uh, to keep Kai Bowman, and so to convert his contract, they needed to clear the space because they are hard capped. So it, it wasn't necessarily for nothing. Um, you know, they're looking forward. 
next year, you know, when everybody's back and healthy. And I don't know that he necessarily has a has a place there, but he also isn't very good. I I just want to on the record, like we should note that that Willie Cauley Stein is just not really a good player, but he also doesn't make a lot of money. So keep that in mind when 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 he's out on the court playing, you know, seven or eight minutes a game. And and but the other thing too, kind of, you know, one man's garbage is another man's treasure kind of thing. I mean, it could be situational role. I'm not a big well uh Collie Stein guy either. I don't think he's moving the needle or anything like that. But you know, he just hey, just doesn't fit in Golden State. As Dave said, there's other priorities there that they need. You know, kind of works out for for the Mavs. It, it's cost them nothing really, right? To get him, you know what I mean. And this is a guy that's look. He's he's a, a minutes eater. It's like a, a relief pitcher in baseball. Like yo, I just need you to get us few through a couple of innings. You know, hey, yeah. I just need you to be able to just don't hurt us. He can run you know, a pick and roll, though. Like, he can be the dive man in a pick and roll and, and be effective there. So, you know, like, is he as good as Dwight Powell in that role? No. Can he can he be 75, 80% of that? Absolutely. Dave, is, it, is his biggest problem that he thinks he's more than he is? Does he have the Nerlens Noel problem where he's always been trying to – he shoots a bunch of mid – or yes. definitely in Golden State. Yeah. He shot a bunch of mid-range jumpers. He was not good at them. They're not a good shot. Um, he I, slips I don't a lot think of screens. We'll be seeing. So, like, he's yeah. a good pick and roll guy, but he slips too many screens. So, you know, Carlisle. Let's hope he. You know, let's hope he survives. Let's just put it that way, right? Like, I, I want to see what it looks like with a coach that actually will run pick and rolls. Because Steve Kerr, we all know that he's kind of anti pick and roll. What is it going to look like when he starts slipping too many screens for? For Rick Carlisle, because he's either going to not right. play or he's going to actually make contacts on screens, and then and then maybe we get to see something out of Willie Cauley Stein that we've never seen before. That was the thing about Dwight Powell is that he tirelessly did exactly what he was asked to do. Right, he would go out there and set 100 screens in a game if if that's what it was asked of him. I think realistically, you know, he he was probably setting like 30 or 40 a game as as they were picked up. And and he would, but he would do it over and over. That's a lot to do in one game, in, in in the span of twenty six minutes. You know, I think he was um, he was definitely top ten in the league this season uh, per second spectrum data in uh, in screen set. I don't have it in front of me, but but he would do it repeatedly over and over again. And that's what the Mavericks will ask from Collie Stein. They will ask him to set a pick. You know, if if he doesn't make good contact, you immediately spin around, you set it again, you reset that screen. Uh, Luca will, you know, obviously pick a side. He is he is good at finding what he's looking for, whether it's a switch or whether it's quickly attacking something, you know, and then they will ask him to roll hard and roll every time. And when the when the defense collapses and the ball goes to the corner and then it happens again, the same, you know, the same way the next possession. And then it happens again, you know, for a third possession in a roll in, in a when it happens again for a third possession in a in a row, he has to roll as hard every time, you know, as as he was, right. and and that is what they asked of him because that is how this Mavericks offense has functioned. This is how you know the Mavericks have a you know potentially record setting historically good offense is because Dwight Powell would do that, and that's what they want Collie Stein to do. And I think you know by far his biggest issue in his career has been that. You know, he doesn't do always do what is asked of him because 
You know, it can be boring and it can be it can feel like you're not doing anything if you're just rolling into the paint every time, you know, with with the ball not coming your way. Uh, but the, but they're, they're not going to give them the ball. They're not going to ask them to shoot jumpers. They're not going right. to, you know, pr- they're probably not going to run a lot of horns set through through him where where he comes up to the ball. He'll do some handoffs and sure. stuff. And and Carlo does does like putting the ball in the hands of his big men a little bit to 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 get them involved. But he is going to be asked to be a finisher at the rim. And if he can do that consistently, I do have some belief that that there's some upside here. And and I guess that's the big question. I mean, there's a path to him earning minutes and contributing to the team. And it's and it's very clear. Hustle hard on defense, right? Try to be there on defense, set good screens, play your role, essentially. And so if he's not getting those minutes, we'll know why. Over under 20 minutes played. By Collie Stein in the Mavs first round playoff series. Oh, under, 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 under. How much money you got? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not betting either way. I was, I was setting. I was, I was trying to be Vegas here, uh, and I, I might have set it too high. <laughs> 20, no, no. 20 is, um, I mean, look. Here's the thing. Like, he's got to be able to deliver. It's like Dave said, and it's pretty simple. You know, those, those. They're not asking him to do much. You know, they're not asking him to make a lot of decisions and things like that. And if he wants to stay uh, with the Mavs long term or or really kind of start carving out a role in the league, he's got to start doing this stuff, you know. And, and and if he has a outsized opinion of what he thinks he should be, well, look, you've been in the league for a few years now. I'm pretty sure it should be pretty obvious what you are, at least, you know, to you of like where your limitations are. And And if he can't figure that out, then it's like, hey, cool. Cost the Mavs nothing really to get him. Unless, you know, uh, the Warriors find Manu in, in, with the 56th pick. Uh, it's, it's, it's not going to be a, a big loss for them at the end of the year. Because, again, this was just a, just a minute situation. Save him. He might not play much at all in the playoffs, if any. Well, I have full faith that Rick Carlisle will have no fear of uh, lighting into his ass if, uh, if, if he's not doing what is, what is told. I can't wait. All right, guys. I can't wait. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for being on. Uh, we'll be back later this week. This has been 77 Minutes in Heaven. See y'all next time. Anytime with me should be considered Minutes in Heaven. Anytime.